0: When we study Zazen and a we have a pretty concrete way of finding what's upright. Uh, and tonight I'd like to talk about finding upright as we go through our lives. And then uh, often a contrast is made between inclined and upright. And uh, our day-to-day life is mostly referred to as the incline. Because you know we're always reaching for something or we're trying to get away from something and we're not really upright. In so inclined tends to refer to the phenomenal world, you know, the world everything. Upright um tends to point to practice. There's very little in our practice that's not done uh, with, um, you know, attention to upright posture. And upright also uh, is a way of talking about the universal, the um, um, aspect of life that is not driven by cravings and by virtue. And since we're normally inclined, we have to find ways to remind us of what's upright. And uh, one way that we can remind ourselves of what's upright is we can remind ourselves that nothing we do is purely beneficial. And nothing we do is. Uh, Purely unbeneficial. It's really useful to remember It's really useful to remember this when we're castigating ourselves for something. You know, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or that was so embarrassing, or, you know, a myriad of ways we can do something. Because often we'll lean too far in that direction. And it's worthwhile to remind us. Um, neither completely beneficial nor completely unmanaged. It helps us find out. And also, you know, if we're pucking ourselves up because we've said something very smart or very clever, it's such a tremendous Neither beneficial nor unmanaged. Because even if we do something that hits the mark to some degree, we will inevitably miss it as well. I know this in giving Dharma talks. Sometimes I listen to recordings of my talks. And even in my best talks, there is something that I wish I hadn't said. (laughs) Inevitably, you know, I will say something skillfully. And other things will be like poorly expressed or even misleading, the way I said. So I warn you to watch out. (laughs) Don't look for the truth in someone else's mouth. We should be prepared to notice that we're inclined when when we're in the midst of doing almost anything. Any activity we undertake will inevitably obscure the dynamic wholeness of this life. You know, we'll focus on what we want. And everything else kind of becomes a the activity we undertake highlights some things and neglects others. We see this even in Zazen. No, in which were really making an effort literally to be upright. And, you know, making an effort to uh, be mentally upright as well. present, and alert. But we know not always so. It doesn't always work out that way. On Saturday, some of us were sitting here and uh, I came too in my southern after having been totally absorbed me in meaningless fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that what I had done is I'd taken this universal consciousness that we all share and I made it all about me. So that's inclined, even in the midst of being upright so easy to be inclined. Every activity that we undertake happens in duality. It happens with a subject and an object. It happens with a doer and a deed. Even in reaching for the Dharma, it's very easy to be inclined, to go astray from the way directly before you, the And any insight that we get during our practice any glimpse that arises you know of the ineffable nature of life anytime we become aware of the deep truth of being and not, the first thing we'll do is we'll start to describe it we'll start explaining will start reducing this boundaryless flow to static lifeless concepts, alive or dead. Zen teachers over the years have actually been beaten by their students because they refused to get caught up in those false absolutes, alive. Whatever we're trying to accomplish, we cannot do it right, but we cannot escape from error through stillness even, through doing nothing. If we do nothing, we will die, others will die, if we do nothing, the Dharma will die. even our Zazen to an outsider might look like we're doing nothing, but we know that that's not the case. Bodhigara, who brought Zazen to the Chinese monks, sat in Zazen for nine years, didn't teach anything else, he just taught us. Maybe the the Shaolin monks looked at him and said day after day he's just doing nothing. It's unbeneficial. But we know that at at least a few monks said, hmm, what he's doing is not so easy. He seems not to be doing anything, but you still need a mind that's still in order to sit that still. Would need to be as undisturbed by your likes and dislikes as cast iron. And they would recognize that takes a lot. Bodhidharma when he sat like that. words, we might say that his talk was that your likes and your dislikes, well, they are like the most important things from the point of view of self, are just ripples on the stream of universal consciousness, and that universal consciousness has no good, no bad, no here and no there. Bodhidharma's dharma was that it was possible to let go of our strivings, to let go of ourselves completely. And when we did that, what emerged was Zase. And this was his dharma. He cast out his men. But he only caught the fish that we're not able to swim through the swimming. Caught a few students. So he hit the mark with that cover top and he missed it at the same time. Play <laughs> <laughs> The preface to the koan that I'm going to talk about tonight. Starts with this warning. Move and a shadow appears. Become aware and ice If you don't move and are not aware, you will not avoid entering into the wild fox cave. The wild fox cave is Imagery for realm of deception and substitution. Move in the shadow of Any action that we undertake will create an artificial dilemma. Become aware, and ice forms. Awareness is the most fluid, the most ineffable thing that there is. But as soon as we become aware of something, we will freeze it into our narratives, our concepts, and our ideas. Since we have to do something in order to help others find the dharma, we should also remember that. If we try to enlighten others, we're probably confused. Sometimes the only thing we can do that's helpful is give another person like a nudge. Maybe even enough of a nudge to throw them off balance. Because when we're off balance, It might cause us to notice something about what it feels like to be off balance and what you have to do to become upright in your life. I try to do this from time to time in my teaching, to just nudge you. I think I do it too subtly. You can only find upright when you're aware of being off balance. So I'd like your permission to disturb your balance. We learn to investigate, I'm sorry, we learn what is upright by investigating inclined. We teach ourselves The upright posture of Zazen by first putting ourselves out of balance. You know, Yogin said, rock your body right and left, and then set into a steady, immobile sitting position. Put yourself out of balance first so you know what balance really is. Sometimes our effort should be to do each other the favor of disturbing our balance so we can find a truer balance. We do that every time we chant the Heart Sutra, which is, you know, kind of difficult to comprehend. The Heart Sutra is an invitation to penetrate to a deeper wisdom. It puts us in a position of questioning What it is we think that we know. The great teacher in our lineage, whose name was Dongshan, heard the Heart Sutra chanted as a child. And he said, But wait, I have eyes, I have ears, and nose. Why does the sutra say that? At that very point, the sutra had done its job off balance and Dongshan felt it and he went off to find a teacher at a young age. Practiced with few teachers, great teachers in China. And decades later Dongshan's final teacher threw him off balance one last time just as he was leading the monastery. Dongshan stayed off balance until he awakened while crossing the stream. Then he started talking crazy. He said things like, "I am not it; it actually is me." The crazy things he started to say were so helpful in throwing us off balance that we've remembered them for 1,200 years. And this is true of the koans in our tradition too. Koans are cited in our tradition to help us find off balance. to help us go beyond our life-draining ideas, our static ideas about life. ones give us a chance to find upright, authentic, of finding out how to write ourselves. So I'd like you to consider this case. Maku, carrying his ring instead, went to Changqing, and he circled the meditation seat three times. And he shook his staff once and stood there upright. Chang Ching said, correct. Correct. But you should know that Chui Du, who was the teacher who collected these collections of coins, added a word in the margin. The word he added was Wrong. Sean <laughs> <laughs> had said, correct, correct. Should we do some other ones? Wrong. Let me just tell you a little bit about the imagery. Amongst the staff, sometimes had interconnected metal rings. There were some rings that were, like, attached to the staff, and then other rings within them that hung from the fixed and it symbolized the interconnected processes of birth and death, the way everything depends on everything else, the way these, these rings depended on all the other rings. And, and when you put the staff down, the rings would jingle a little, like a wind shot. And so almost with every step with a step like this, you'd give a sermon about the chain of causation, about how everything is affected by everything else. Every jingle of the staff would announce that. The staff. staff like this would give a pretty powerful, wordless term. So that was the staff that um the monk Ma here. And he circled the teacher's seat three times. This circumambulation is um, a mark of deep respect. And uh, the sutras talk about how people did that with the Buddha. They would circle him three times, keeping him to their right. And uh, anytime. In the sutras, that anybody does anything three times, it means, I really mean it. So this is, I really mean the respect, But in this ritual, after doing that, a person usually sits to the side of the teacher. Maku cool, stood right in front of the teacher. Did you know the staff? and just stay there. So the teacher challenging said correct. My question to you is, how was he correct? Why would teachers say correct and then search? So, Nick. I mean, it seemed like he followed the forms correctly. So I mean, he, he was, you know. I mean, it makes me think about doing something if you, if it's not wholeheartedly. If you're just doing it because it's expected, but I'm not sure. That's just where my mind is going with it. You know, there was something. Yeah, there was something, there was something definitely wholehearted about this one. Doing the swarm. He didn't do it correctly because to do it correctly, he oh, would have right. yeah. kind of deferred to the teacher and gone to the side. This was a confrontation. Yeah, the teacher says hmm. correct. I see. Right. Um, is it possible that uh, he was um, asking for his teacher's validation of? an enlightenment experience. Like I show you deep respect with this uh, certain emulation, but instead of deferring to the side, I want to stand up and have you say whether my learning is correct. I'm showing you something. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh Yes, I think there's some flavor Mm -hmm. of that, isn't it? Especially with the teacher saying correct. There's Mm -hmm. some kind of approval that's being conveyed. I'll tell you one thing about this teacher. He had a teaching that said the ultimate truth is wordless. People of this time do not realize this. So it strikes me that, you know, as I was saying, Makku's staff yeah, gives a dharma talk every time it jingles, right? It gives this. The time to talk about the interconnectedness of all things. And possibly, like Bodhidharma, Mako had found a way to give this profound talk without saying anything. And this teacher got it, and he proved it. Correct. So maybe that's right, but I want to remind you that Shui Du compiled this column, wrote in the margin wrong. So, is this guy was so enlightening? What was that about? What what does that stir up in you that he isn't wrong? Is it? I was thinking that. Yeah, so sort of like walks around, and then walking around three times. It's also, like in the Hindu tradition, you know, enter, like you do it three times. Three times, so yeah. You go sit, three, you go sit. But him hitting the staff, it's like you know that's correct. Like that's kind of like he just stood there. If he had like hit the staff, then like walked out and kept. The staff. Oh, interesting. It's like almost like he was like, you know, take what you were saying, it's like, oh, it's become ice. He's just standing there after he's hit it. Um, that's kind of what I... You know, not I mean, interesting. There might have been a better way to give that Dharma talk. Or even like the Dharma talk doesn't stop. It's, exactly. It's, so maybe Shwe Du said wrong because... Um, you could see that it, it wasn't a complete teaching; it became static. Okay. You wonder who did Shwedyu say? Um, yeah, who did you say wrong to? Did he say wrong like the student was wrong? Did he say wrong like the teacher was wrong to improvement? They say wrong, like they're both wrong. They're doing the wrong thing. Or to the reader. For <laughs> <laughs> you, the reader, you're wrong. Whatever you're thinking about this, you're wrong. <laughs> so there's this thing. pushing off balance that comes in First of all, it's kind of an unusual uh, choreography that's going on. Takes us you know, off balance. But then Choi comes in and says wrong. And it says to push us all off balance. Yes. Um, could, it, could it be that he's just writing the opposite of the word that was said? To show, like, there's no division here between right and wrong. So I'm going to show you the opposite of what's being said to show you the duality that there, that there is no right and there is no wrong. It's like, it would, he says wrong to make sure we don't get caught up in correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Almost to say, like I was saying earlier, you know. yeah, you know, we might say something skillfully that hits the mark, but for sure, we're going to miss the mark with somebody else. You know? So yeah, he might be holding us to that um, difficult position of not settling into our likes and dislikes, not settling into the judgment about right and wrong, and therefore killing what's going on in front of us. Okay, but this is not the end of the call. Because this monk, Maku, went to another teacher whose name was Nanchuan. And he circled the meditation seat three times. And he went to the front and he shook his staff and he stood there upright. And Nan Chuan said. Incorrect. Incorrect. Shui Yu added a word in the margin, and that word was <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and Ma Koo then said, wait a minute, Shan Qing said correct. Why do you say incorrect, Master? Man Chan said, Chang Qing is correct. It is you who are incorrect. This is what is turned about by the power of the wind. In the end, it breaks down and descends. Not one discipline. Well, yes, please, Mom. Um, Just a wild guess. Um, Maybe it's like you still need to respect the forms, and you're here circling me, the next thing to do is sit down. So what why are you trying to like make this statement at this time? It's like not appropriate. Like just do what you're supposed to do. Just do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> well you know there's there's something to that mother because the monkey in, in doing what he did rather than what he's supposed to do. There's something a little selfie about it. Right? It's like i I don't have to do what everybody else is doing, I'm going to do this, and, and quite possibly, you know, Don John saw that and he said, nah, incorrect. It also feels like he's got a formula. Yes. He's like, I tried this once. It Worked <laughs> once. Yeah. And so, but the first time, I mean, Stephen, it might have just been genuine. And then the second time, you just got like this, this is a good line. So let me use this language. again. Yeah. 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 I think this is true. That that uh, first teacher John King was there with him, and he sensed something that felt like an authentic. Uh, Statement. And Nantron was there with him too, and he said something that felt kind of canned and confronted it. Yes. So I'm um, thinking that uh, what what this is saying to me is that. It doesn't matter whether you're correct or incorrect. <laughs> I guess. That, that, that the desire to get the answer right is irrelevant. It's as if the teachers are saying, I don't want you to do Well, the desire <laughs> to get it right is ultimately in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Right? So the, the monk is seeking. It's unclear to me whether the monk is actually seeking or asking am I doing this correct or incorrect. Uh, but nevertheless, the if that's the desire to kind of get it right, that is one the that's sort of not really relevant. it's um, so kind of less Yes. Ah, yes. Um, now I was starting to think about how um, it's like two two different people seeing the exact same thing can come to two totally different conclusions about whether it was correct or incorrect. And uh, um, kind of what you were saying at the beginning, of the talk about how nothing's beneficial or not beneficial. There's like everything is subjective. There's no such thing as correct or incorrect, and this. Just uh, maybe a bad analogy, but I was thinking about someone hitting a home run in baseball. Like that's the correct thing to do, but maybe they didn't hit it perfectly, so therefore it's incorrect. And so it's almost impossible for there for there to be such a duality kind of like with Jefferson, like uh, of like it's either this or that. I mean, yes. there's so much. there's like a the spectrum of correctness. Uh, and therefore, yeah, it doesn't really exist. Certainly, that certainly um, anything has maybe some correctness and some incorrectness. Did you say one, Mr. rest? Yes. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know how, how did it work in this institution to show that you were enlightened or not. But I guess my question is, if you're enlightened, as I'm assuming the monk was trying to prove, you know, doing that, uh, then why would you need to do that in the first place? So maybe perhaps when the other monk who was writing was saying wrong to the correct and wrong to the incorrect, Maybe it's just the fact that the entire concept of answering to such a an attempt of demonstrating a or not is incorrect. Oh, not? You know, so that you know, kind of shed some light on why does the teacher write wrong when after both correct, correct. And The commentators on this koan said. Um, Correct and incorrect are just donkey tethering stakes. Correct and incorrect are just stakes to tether your donkey out. Meaning, all of our rules and our judgments, no matter what they do for us, also immobilize us. They take away our flexibility. They what is in a kind of mule like stupidity. <laughs> right. And I think it's very inconvenient to remember this because we like our judgments so much. We build our lives around them. I have certain judgments about Donald Trump. If you asked me what they were, I would say, well, totally unfit to be president. But then I would have to think about, he's the guy who fast tracked the development of the vaccine against COVID-19. I would normally say, couldn't do anything right, but, I'll tell you, I remember how relieved I was when I got my first dose of the vaccine. And I had the feeling, what a relief. Now I don't have to do it all myself. You know, there was a profound sense of being helped. Now, it takes a lot for me to admit to you. That I felt helped by <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, I felt helped by a malignant narcissist. <laughs> it pains me to think that because of the benefit from that vaccine, you might be hearing my Dharma talk tonight. Thanks to (coughs) Don. So the point I want to talk about is how would we fall into correct and incorrect? Both are inclined. If we're involved in correct, we're leaning one way, if we're involved in incorrect, we're leaning in another way. How do we find upright? That's what our practice is. Not figuring out the right and the wrong of things, but figuring out how to stand right in the middle. I don't mean in the middle like uh, uh, not having any uh, direction or opinions, but I mean in the middle like facing it directly. We need an alternative to correct and incorrect. In my last talk a couple weeks ago, I said we have to release our grip on our self-concern before we can be like the dragon when it enters the water or like the tiger when it enters the mountain. The dragon is not or disapproving of the The tiger is not approving or disapproving of the mountain. It's a matter of, instead of affirming what it is, being willing to be with us completely. And that's not a matter of what's correct. I once talked to a man who lost his vision as a teenager. And he said, if he could go back in time and reverse it, so he didn't lose his vision, he wouldn't. Because he said he would never have grown as much as he did as a result of losing his sight. I don't think he thought that one part of his life while he had vision was good. And the other part of his life, once he lost his vision, was bad. I think he was simply appreciating the journey that he had in life, affirming it, saying, just this is it. And that's not a matter of, I'll only do this if I approve it. It's a matter of, I'll do whatever's in front of me. So Shui the compiler of this colon collection interjected wrong after both stories of the month with his In fact, another teacher commenting on that said Shwedu was the only one who attained anything in <laughs> 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 So tonight, too, I'm yeah. to trying to emphasize, don't get caught in your judgments. Don't get caught in your ideas right and wrong. Don't get rigid. Yeah. Oops. All right, I'm going to leave you with final comment. <laughs> One of the commentators on this slide said, when you get here, you must be a person made of cast iron in order to realize it. And I've been telling you, we should find our flexibility. And yet yeah, the great teacher said, you must be a person of cast iron. So I leave it to you to do the work on that one. And uh, I'm happy to have any other thoughts or comments that occurred to you as we talked about this time. So your opinion, what was the third option for the teachers? What was the option for the teachers? Yeah, so respond, or so there's correct and incorrect. I mean, would the appropriate response, response be like, hmm. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> could be, <laughs> <laughs> or he could have said, not always so. <laughs> or he could have not gotten involved. Both of the teachers could have not gotten involved in any Uh, stance of, it's up to me to approve of this or not approve of this. In fact, some teachers would have said, you know, that's very impressive, but I'm not sure you understand what it means. And challenge the person to say a little bit more, right? Or to do something more to show kind of the depth of their their, uh, realization, to show that it wasn't just a play that they were performing. But neither teacher did that. I thought that that was incorrect. <laughs> no, I thought that it was uh, a road not taken. They they got caught up in judgment and didn't didn't get caught up so much in their in their role as teachers, which is not the judge, which is just maybe to put this guy off balance a little so that he goes even further. Nanchuan comes closest to that. When he says incorrect, he clearly put the monk off balance and made him say, wait a minute, John Qing said correct. Why do you say incorrect? So he was off balance with that. Nan Chuan came close. Not because um, what the monk did was actually incorrect, but because saying that it was incorrect, maybe shook him up a little and gave him a chance to grow. But I could have done that maybe. No so the, the answer was not this duality, correct or incorrect, right? There was a whole range of life that, that the teacher could have drawn up to respond. He could have gotten up and he could have grabbed the staff and he could have shaken it himself. Who knows what we could have done. Right. Thank you. Any other comments? Thanks for staying with this. I know it was a long teaching, but hopefully we're well.